Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. we got all kinds of stuff. Hey, the Tour Championship starts today. Does anybody care? i got to tell you, it's the perfect time to have this tournament. Because I don't think anybody really considers college football starting this weekend, even though there are a handful of games. So if you can get this out of the way (coughs) before next weekend and, of course, before the NFL starts, I think it's the best chance to have people care. just don't know if anybody does. Uh, We'll talk about the scoring system and also if there's a different way to try to do that to keep everything there. I've got a question. I came across this yesterday. Trivia question with college football. And that question is, in the very first release of the college football playoff poll back in 2014, who were the top four teams in that very first release of the college football playoff poll? 225-9698 is the text line if you want to give that a whirl. If somebody gets this, they either A, looked it up, or B, somehow remembered it. Because it is not the normal cast of characters. I'll just give that out right now. If you want to say Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and somebody else, you're going to be wrong. And a crazy eclectic group that was in that first top four. Uh, did you see Brett McMurphy? He released the Big 12 head coach's favorite music act. I guess they did this, they sent out a survey or whatever, did it during media days and asked all the coaches, what is your favorite musical act? I got to be honest with you. If I'm an OU fan, I am questioning the hire of Brent Venables <laughs> because of who his favorite musical artist is. We will get to that. I'll, I will reserve judgment. I get, Six and seven. I, I get bashed on my musical preference well, nowadays. Six and seven is headed back to Norman after I read this. Kidding, sort of. See Brett Yormark yesterday? What was released when he was out at Tech? Oh, my. No. Oh, I'll have to play that. I've got it queued up. He had some interesting comments while he was at the uh, quarterback club in Lubbock. Otani tears his UCL last night. Listen, sometimes you're just snake bit. And it's pretty official that the Angels may just be snake bit. They get Otani and Trout hurt in the same day of a doubleheader. Otani tears his UCL. Trout just came back. And now he's gone again, looks like, on the injured list. It just They're snake bit, and I don't know what else you can do about it, but we'll talk about that as that's one of the bigger stories in sports with the looming free agency of Shohei Otani. What does this do to that? Something else that I think is coming out of this that maybe people didn't realize is this is not the first time this has happened to him either. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. 
whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show live via kadsam.com, or you can download the app. The app's got it all. Radio. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of that Penny News. Hit the website yesterday at midnight. Now you can go pick up a free copy of the Penny News where at your favorite local newsstands. It's out and about. And, of course, Big Elk and Paragon TV on the air tomorrow night. Week zero games with Elk City at Altus. Merritt hosting Hinton. Programming note, Merritt and Hinton will still, will still kick off at 7. Big Elk and Altus will be an 8 o'clock start down in Altus. And, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you can check us out easily wherever you find podcasts. We're there as well. Jared, how are you today? I'm very good. How you doing? Getting along. Going through. I was thinking this morning. I was getting ready <clears throat> to come up here. You know what? Uh, what all's left? What all? What all needs to be done before we hit the road to Altus tomorrow? And I. Oh just, yeah, isn't that fun? It's like packing for a big trip, and you're worried that you forgot to pack something. That kind of anxiety. That's what I'm going through right now. I, 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 I mean, as soon as I got here, that's what I'm doing. Starting on or looking, kind of doing. And I might later, if I can get all the the stuff I need, do kind of a dummy run. Well, so no one tune in. You're going to see an alert or something on your Facebook that we're live streaming maybe later this afternoon. There's no game. <laughs> it's going to be a black screen, but it's going to be me running through the motions. That's what I remembered. What's that? The very first thing. What? What? The very first thing of the broadcast. An intro? Yeah, I just thought about that. We talked about it earlier. Didn't know exactly where that was at, so we can figure that out after the show. But, uh, yeah, that was going through my checklist of, okay, what, what, what? Oh, yeah, the very first thing. Billy says, do I hear a run to pick up Taco tomorrow? You very well might. You've never been there, have you? That's down in Altus? Yes. No, I, I have not. You have never been there. Well, I think <clears> we'll <throat> have some time since the game kicks off at 8. We may have We an... always go to Whataburger, but maybe we go find this place. Oh, I know. There ain't no finding to it. All I right. know how to get there. Well, let's go. We may have an extra... Passenger. I know we're going to have an extra passenger. That means extra hands to help carry stuff in. Well, and we may have something else too, extra cargo. We'll have to talk about this off the air. Mostly we'll bring some straps, throw it on top. Yeah, we Strap could probably pull it, down. it. Pull it? Well, there's a. Do we need a trailer? We may have to. Be, we may. Uh, Do we need one of those cargo things that go into your hitch? It's not really for us. We may just be helping out. Are we? Are we now in the moving business? Are we, we might be. Are we in the transport business? <laughs> we might be. We've been asked to be. Well, that comes with a price. Anyhow, we'll talk about it. We've Speaking already- of a payment, um, God bless my mother-in-law. When I do stuff for her, you know, she pays me. Oh wow, six six packs. <laughs> that was better than other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found the the sooner beer in Elk City. I plan on picking up some for the before it sells out because I have a feeling it will. 
I know that there's some – I haven't seen any reviews on how it actually tastes, but there's a Ames, similar beer in Ames. Really? That's getting rave reviews from the Wide Right Natty Light guys. Is it a uh, – <laughs> I, I think it's like a wheat-type beer. Maybe. The, the OU the one. OU? Which makes sense because wheat in Oklahoma, and I, I'd assume – Iowa would be similar, maybe corn. Can you can you ferment corn? Can you make beer out of corn? I don't know. It's a great idea. I mean, it it sells to the. I mean, well, it's got me, its clientele. It got its clientele, and I'm sure OSU is going to get theirs in time, in due time. If not, if not, they already have one. I don't know. It's a great idea. I love the university. They just jumped on it. So this is the official beer. Of OU football. Or OU well, they're athletics. not going to say Bud Light anymore. Well, of course not. <clears throat> More for me. But I, uh, I think they're selling it in the stadium and everything. Yeah. I plan on finding some today. And I'm just going to put it in the fridge and wait until next Saturday. After the parade that I guess I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the kids are in it again. Oh, boy. I think I'm in that same boat this yeah. time. That's all right. Who's got a it's TV? It's an Elk City tradition. Who's got a TV and an air conditioner? I I just say we just mean you just set up a tailgate somewhere at on along Third Street with a TV. Have you seen how hot it's going to be? The parade. You know, Aaron. At this point, I don't care anymore. It's just hot every day. It will it be hot next week? I know that cold front's coming in Sunday night. Yeah, through like Sunday. Wednesday. Oh, this says 95 on Saturday. See, I don't that think is, that's accurate. That's comfortable. I've seen now, way... At what time, though? That's the high? What time's the parade? Oh, yeah, the parade, parade starts at 10 the, now. At 10? Yeah, it used to be at 2. So we might get away with some nice temperatures. I won't say perfect temperatures, Yeah, but it won't be 105 at 10 a.m. Yeah, let's check it It won't be 95 at 10 a.m. I thought it was supposed to be 102 at kickoff in Norman. I've seen that's at 11. That's at 11. Let's see what my AccuWeather says. AccuWeather has it 97 on Saturday. So that's still not too bad. You figure at 11 it will be maybe in the low 90s, upper 80s possibly. Anyhow, <coughs> what do you think, Otani, man? The curse of Hamilton, Hamilton strikes again. You got an interesting text over there? Well, yeah, I'm trying to figure out where she found this because I found it too. I looked it up, or I, I, maybe my source wasn't very good on the Twitters, on that first, the top four, the very first poll. Hmm. Uh, go ahead. I thought I found it. Otani. Just, first off, did you know he had Tommy John in 2018? No clue. Not a clue. Was that over in Japan? I mean, when he played, when did he come over? Always forget that. It always feels like he's only been here a couple years, but he's been here longer than that. This is his what fourth year in the big in, in, in the major leagues. In the major leagues, fourth season. So if that's that, it had to have happened in Japan. Mm-hmm. Is that a? I mean, it. The way it was written into what I saw, it. Um, 
I mean, it didn't act like it was some surprise. So I feel like people knew this. I just don't know how... I, I mean, surely... I mean, people... You wouldn't be considering giving him three quarters of a billion dollars if you didn't know that, right? No, 2018. Oh, you'd have to do 100% research into knowing everything about him. No, it happened here. 2018, he pitched 10 games, 4-2, and two, and then he didn't pitch in 19 and pitched 2-20. and 20. Man, I can't believe he's been here that long. I know. I, I made that mistake a while back. But he still feels new to the league. But he's been here for a little bit. Not long, but... I mean, that's better than yeah. half a decade. Yeah. <clears throat> but he's really come onto the scene the last two, three seasons. Yeah, last three. No, this one, this one included have been when he's busted out and became who we know him. So what does that do to later on? What does that do to this summer? Knowing that this could be the second Tommy John surgery in five years. I mean, he's still an incredible player as just a, you know, hitter, DH, or whatever. But he's different, right? He's not a half a billion dollar type player if he can't go both ways. Does that make sense? No, totally. Is that true? Because you're buying, I I look at it like a... uh like a Billy Bean situation, you're buying that production, and he's almost like you're you're getting two players. That's right. At his 100 percent health. So if he yeah, if, can't you, if he's go, worth 250 as a pitcher and 250 as a hitter, it's worth, 500. Yeah, that makes sense because he's only taking up one spot. Exactly. That's worth the money. But this gives you pause, right? Should it? I mean, he's already come back from one Tommy John. <clears throat> by evidence of everything you just said, so. Could he come back again? Does this give you pause? Is he, dare I say, injury prone? Will this happen again? It gives you, if you're a team that wants him, there's your uh, your ammo to say, listen, man, I don't want to, to his agent. Like, hey, come on. You want this much? But he's had two surgeries on that arm. We don't pay that much for a guy who's had one surgery. So you could, someone could get him out of the, I, I don't want to say reduced rate because it's still going to be astronomical. But it, it gives a, it's a, it's a bargaining chip. It's a, it's a way to a wheel and deal. That's certainly the goal. Uh, Dakota on the text line said exactly the same thing. Oh yeah. You make it if you're every team in the league. You try to make this injury sound like it's the end of the world, so you're not spending seven hundred fifty million. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I agree with that. Here's a question: Do people have Tommy John twice? I don't know. I think after the first one, I thought the first one was supposed to avoid any more injuries. And that's why they go through that invasive surgery and keeps you out for almost a full 12-month period. 
Well, I thought that was why people got it. My pitchers got it. Well, there's another big, gigantic name that's about to have it, or has had it, about to have it. Probably already had Degrom. Yeah, yeah, he's already had it. His second, his, his, you know, his that, second. Right, right. That's true. I forgot that he's had one too. Here's a list of guys that have uh, Ryu. Is that it? Multiple times. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of. They, this is an article comparing like to uh, you know, describe you know with with Degrom having to have it twice. Yeah. Matt Bush, remember Matt Bush? Mm-hmm. Kirby Yates. Definite difference after the second one, but at the same time, there's also after the second one, these guys are older. Yeah. So was it? Is it the second Tommy John? Is it? You know. So yeah, Hinjin Ryu and and also Walker Bueller are. They've they're gonna have it again. Nathan Nivaldi has had it twice. So this is more this is more common than you think. For sure. But does it does it make what the Angels did even more devastating, or is it in a, in a way maybe this helps them out? In retaining him? Yeah. Sure, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. If you would have known he had Tommy John or remembered he had Tommy John in 2018 when we were at the trade deadline, would that have changed your opinion? Maybe slightly. But you'd have still not traded him because of what he was. Right. Because of, at the time, what the position they were in. You know, we thought they were going to do what the Mariners are doing right now. They hoped that's what they were going to do. They hoped that they were trying to do that, yeah. <clears throat> And, of course, there was always that Mike Trout looming comeback. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was going to come back, and maybe that was the thing that put him over the top. But even all that, if all that happened in a positive way, and we're not talking what, the way we're talking today, that still had no guarantee of keeping him. This is uh, this makes this even more intriguing <laughs> for what's going to happen in his free agency. If this scares somebody off or... Or does this open up the door for somebody to still go, you know what, we'll give you $600 million. Everybody else kind of backs away and shies away from that because of this injury, and they get him at a crazily overinflated price is the way it looks like now. Yeah, some teams might be desperate enough, and they could see that as an opportunity to go, listen, everyone else is going to going to lowball him a little bit because of this second surgery, but let's stick with what we wanted to give him in the first in, originally. Is let's this, show him, hey, we don't care about the surgeries. We believe in you. We want you good. Give him all that faith and all that money. And that's where I think the Angels might that's where the Angels could come as a as an angle. Like, hey, we we've held on to you after the first surgery. We believe in you. And we still want to pay you. We want to keep you here. How but many, they got to show him outside of the surgeries and the money. They got to show him how they're going to build a team around him. Because so far, that has not worked, obviously, with the product on the field. Is this the end of him pl- is, is this the end of him doing both? That's a great question. That's a great question. And that's where I was kind of thinking when this news still when this news broke was, 
did, one, did the Angels overwork him? But he, you know, when we said this off air, he didn't, they didn't overpitch him. He was in a normal rotation. And even less than that, a lot of times, yeah. where he'd skip a start. But he's still, he's still hitting. He's still doing other stuff. Whereas when pitchers aren't pitching, they're rehabbing their bodies. They're going through that rehab process until their next start. So did, does that take a toll? Are we seeing the breakdown? I, I don't, breakdown might be harsh of a word, but are we seeing the toll it takes on a on a even a professional athlete when he's doing all the great stuff that he's doing, almost night in night out? Yeah, I don't think this has anything to do with the Angels. This is just—is it just too hard to do both? That, that's no kind matter of, that's who really kind you're of the angle with. I was going yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, is it too hard just to do it all? Because once you once you think about it, your first reaction is God of the Angels running in the ground, then you figure out they didn't. As far as the pitching side of it, mm-hmm. but then yeah, you go okay. Is it just impossible for this to actually work? Is it just but, too hard? Come on, Babe Ruth did it with the beer and a cigar in his mouth. Yeah, and he was probably <laughs> and what was he firing it up there about eighty five, eighty? I don't know. I don't think uh, he was. I don't think he was hitting hundo over and over. It might be a cautionary tale. Yeah, this Rusty's exactly right. Pitchers on their days off, they'll do some running. They may throw a, a, a bullpen on day two, and then they're playing golf. Right. They're chilling. Right. And in the way the analytics are anymore, they—I don't even know if they have to like do the pitch count the day before their start because they got people that do that. You know, they're paying attention, but during the day, they're yeah, they're jacking around. Right. Yeah, less toll taken on their bodies. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, they're not hitting 44 bombs on the days off. No, no. And I and I think that's the crazy thing. He's still. That's how that's how amazing he has been. Is even if he can't pitch, he's still one of the best players in baseball. Where, where is he more valuable? Is it yeah? Is it is it not pit? Is it as a hitter? I think it always or is. is it, if, you, if you can play five days instead of one, I always think you're more valuable. Yeah. In the regular season, in the postseason, which we never get to see him there, and won't again this time. Hmm. But in the postseason, I think you can might start to make the argument that the arms are more important because, yeah, you're in, you know, you're now instead of what twenty five out of one hundred and sixty two, you can go two and sometimes three out of seven. Mm-hmm. You're affecting the game way more often. Right, those playoffs are a different in the animal. playoffs. That's yeah. right. Yeah. In, in the regular season, I don't think it's any doubt it's at, at, at the plate and in, in, in doing that. Yeah, that's the common thing, and I've I've seen that. Just this week, I think the common thing in the playoffs is good pitching. That is, you see, the top teams have the best pitchers. You'll get those two to one results, three to four results, stuff like that. I mean, because it's, of good pitching, but it's, it's cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. It's true. Good De- pitching beats defense, good hitting. Defense, yeah. And so, my question about Otani was: Does should this? I mean, should he? If he wants to continue to play for years and years, should he consider? You know. I don't want to be a starter. I'll be a relief for you if in a desperate situation. That's what I was just sitting here thinking. Okay, could he, you know, yeah, close? I mean, didn't he do that in the classic? Kind of, yeah. Kind of came in and yeah. closed. <clears throat> Maybe it's one of those things where you – Less tall, just bring him in for 
three outs. Yeah. Or maybe a setup man. Bring him in the seventh, pitch a couple innings. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions here. And yeah. what's sad is does this mean we won't see him for the majority of next season? Yeah, how does that affect him? Because the recovery for the this. recovering uh, the recovery we always think of it from a pitching standpoint. Does yeah? Can he hit? Does he have to DH while he's reco- I mean, does that slow the the rehab? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or if he's not going to pitch, does he even have to have the surgery? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Lots of unanswered questions. And those questions will be answered, I think, in free agency. Well, he's, how much he gets, where he goes, and then they come out and say, this is what we, the deal we made with him, and he is not going to be a starting pitcher. Or, or something like or that. Or we won't or, see him for a year, and he is. Yeah. Apparently, he's still going to hit, at least for the, in the short term. We'll be back. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, handoff to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the hole. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here on a Thursday, I guess not necessarily on the eve of high school football because it starts in locations tonight. Oh, yeah? There's a few games out there. Don't forget Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. So that means you got what nine days to get signed up. Two days this week, and then a week from Saturday, the games start. So maybe that's yeah, I think it's nine. If the old math is right. There's a link on our Skinny on Sports Facebook page to the group on ESPN's website. People before property is the motto. Four hundred smackers to whoever wins. 200 for second, 100 for third, and 100 for last, as long as you pick all the games. Thank you to Tyler Harrison, Robbie Allen, all the gang down at Western Oklahoma Realty. Said people before property is our motto, 225-6271 for all your real estate needs. All right, Jared, college football, lots of juicy topics that came out after we got off the air yesterday. One of which is the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark. While hanging out in Lubbock, Texas is the Red Raider quarterback club, or whatever it was. He had this to say, which only feeds in 
to the conspiracy theories of two of the Big 12 fan bases. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you, okay? And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. So obviously that is the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, speaking to Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire, imploring him to essentially beat Texas for the final time. You haven't heard that yet. No, but... What are your thoughts? It's almost in the same vein as, as Gajewski speaking to the OSU boosters and what he said about Maxwell. I mean, he's speaking to a 100% pro-tech crowd and rallying up and all that stuff. It's not... In, but it, as a leader of a conference that oversees all these teams, it's not a good look. It, and, and now every time there's a flag in that Texas Tech Tech game against Texas, <laughs> they're going to come on and say, oh, well, your mark got you a flag. You're, you know... There's always, you know, then the conspiracy theories and how, and I mean that just and uh, across the board all season. Every time Texas is flagged in a Big Twelve game, they're going to feel like that's well, that's because your mark does. He's he's mad and clearly he's on the side of everybody against us. Yeah, uh, and and but it's not a good look as a commissioner that oversees that's, every single school and team that is currently in the conference. Like it or not, OU and Texas is still in the Big Twelve. That's not a good look. It's not a good thing to say that, but again, I know. But you have to, again, you put yourself. Okay, he's at, he's in Lubbock. He's, you know, basically the entire city of Lubbock is there, and what, listen, you know, they're all Red Raider fans, and so he's buying it. You know, rallying up the crowd and all that stuff. See, I, I think there's two parts of this. It does. I mean, immediately when it's said, you can see OU and Texas fans pulling out the stats from a year ago where each of them drew one holding call right. in conference games that weren't against each other. Do I think that him having those comments affects the officials? No. No, I don't. I don't think there's some conference-wide conspiracy against those two schools in their last year leaving. I do not think that. And matter of fact, I think it's awesome to have that attitude if you're him. I would much rather have a guy running what's running the conference with the attitude like that of it's essentially, hey, we don't need you. We're all in this together. You're the ones leaving, so go on. And having that pride about what's left as opposed to maybe an Eeyore going, oh, well, we're doomed with the two well, yeah. bell cows, you know, and so they're – it, and, and and it's and, and ironically, it's the same attitude, if you think about it, that OU and Texas have like, we're better off too. We're better off. We don't need you, <laughs> you know. So yeah. maybe Texas, maybe big maybe Texas is and their fans and their and their brass are thinking, oh, say what you want. We're better off. We're going to the SEC. Go ahead, say whatever you want to say. Will be interesting to see how he's treated in Austin, though. When he he just he kind of just put a mark on himself. 
He might get into a Motel 6. <laughs> Is he going to sit in a suite? Or are they going to go, you can set up in where we put the visiting band. You can sit next to the Texas Tech band up there. I, that would be kind of... I, I want to follow up on this. I want to see how he's treated when he goes to Austin. Well, it, Or in the lesser case norman you know tech, he hasn't said anything about norman not yet not yet but you know the you know the feelings mutual you, can't you see him at down in downtown stillwater here in a couple of weeks saying the same thing about being in the last bedlam i mean you know that's you, if you feel about one you have to feel it about the other i don't think there's any doubt that that's just the way yeah, yeah. he's he's approaching this which to me is a good thing but you just can't say that that's it, it, that's why to me it, it has it, it's apples and oranges from Gaieski. Because Gajewski is an OSU coach speaking to OSU people. He has skin in that game. That's true. That's true. Your mark shouldn't have any skin in this game. He no. should have equal skin in all the game. Right. That's that's where I think the difference lies and where people are going to be <clears throat> you know, either, either happy about it or upset about it. How do you think this affects, or does it even affect, like, could we see... And I know this is going to sound sacrilegious, what I'm about to say. But could you see this possibly in a little bit of a way bringing OU and Texas together? I think we've already kind of seen that. You think so? A little bit. We've seen the joint press conferences with... Was it Del Conte, their athletic director, and Joe Castiglione, and they're kind of like a kumbaya conference press conference. We've already kind of seen that. I was kind of really anxious last year or was the year before when the announcement came that they would would they be chanting SEC in the Cotton Bowl? Well, how about this? What what if the final Big Twelve championship game is those two? I am crossing will it just, my fingers. Will it just be a constant SEC chant the yeah, entire time? Yeah, I am time? constantly crossing my fingers, hoping that that's a thing. Not not for the rooting interest of OU, it because of the storylines that brings. And then he has to be at the Big Twelve conference championship game. And he has to hand he it to one of them. He has to hand the trophy to yeah. one of them. And the booze will come raining down just to see the look on his face when he does that. Because no matter what, whoever wins, he's going to have to give a trophy to a team that is leaving his conference. I would love—I mean, just for the pure entertainment of it, I'd love to see that. And yes, everybody in burnt orange and crimson and cream will be booing that guy in that game. Is he going to go to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl in the Cotton Bowl? With OU Texas, will he be there? Probably not. If I assume I'd be in Stillwater Friday night. <clears throat> of that weekend for Kansas State OSU, yeah. So it was interesting. You don't you just don't see that, you know, happening. And it just feeds into that narrative. Nah, it's very unbecoming. He, he, it's not a smart thing to say. Okay, yeah, I get it. You can feel that way. We've all done it, right? We've all said stuff. We go back, and go. I shouldn't have said that. I feel that way. I probably shouldn't have said it. So also within the Big Twelve. I think Brett McMurphy, he either sent out – because he's done this with all the different conference coaches, not just the Big 12, but yesterday he tweeted out the results of the Big 12 coaches' favorite musical artists. Okay. okay. Cool. Sounds fun. 
should I, I think the answer to this question is no this the answers by the coaches of their favorite musical artists should not affect what you think about their team or what you think about them as a coach <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you something I'm afraid it has for me <laughs> and you'll understand okay. why here in just a second so Baylor's Dave Aranda you got you want to throw out any guesses for these man just just Dave Aranda I I would say he looks like uh, like Disturbed, you know, the band Disturbed. I would have thought he looks way, like the lead singer, like from Disturbed. Okay, I would have thought way harder, like that. Okay, Dave Matthews Band. Dave, oh well, not a bad band. Coincidentally, Dave Matthews Band is the only act named twice by the coaches. Oh, very good. It was also Sonny Dykes, TCU head coach's favorite musical band. Uh, okay, that's not a bad. I've been to Dave Matthews Band <clears throat> concert. Very fun. Kalani Sataki. BYU? Uh, he has to like something. Uh, who's the guy who with the ukulele? And uh, he looks Jack like, Johnson. Uh, yes, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Maybe Kenny Chesney. Maybe maybe Jimmy Buffett. Bob Marley. Oh, very good. Okay, Bob Marley. Okay, Cincinnati. Do you know? Do you even know who the coach at Cincinnati is? It's, uh, Scott Satterfield. You got it right. You know who that is? Who he likes? Yeah. It has to be very midwestern, right? It was like Zach Brown band. Luke Combs, similar. Okay. Now, this one, I think Dana Holgerson's lying. <laughs> I don't believe this at all. I, I just don't believe him. All right. Post Malone. Post Malone. Now he's trying to recruit. <laughs> that's exactly he's right. He's trying to recruit. Right. Come on. Hey, hey, kids, I know who Post Come Malone on. is. Uh, I knew Post Malone. He was pre-Malone. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Dana. Iowa State. Matt Campbell. Uh, it has to be a uh, – now, this might be a curveball because you're in Iowa, you think country. I think he's a rock fan. Okay. Because he the energy he brings on the sideline. I, I don't know who, though. Van Halen. Oh, Van Halen. I was pretty close, kind of. Lance Leopold, Kansas head coach. Uh, that, that screams uh, like Garth Brooks. Kenny Chesney. Oh, well, good. We have something in common. Kansas State's Chris Kleiman. Now, this one is – Out there. I just like, huh? Cole Swindell. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, that trust, guy's a clown. Well, guess what? It's not Where, the it's were, not the worst. It's okay. not the worst. Cole Swindell. All right, I already mentioned Sonny Dykes was uh, Dave Matthews. Steve Sarkeesian. At first, when you hear this, you're going to think he's doing what Holgerson was doing. Yeah. But then you got to think about how old he is. He might actually – I think he actually believes this. So I'm thinking old school R and B, like, like NWA or something. Tupac. Tupac. His age that makes sense that he actually would like, even though he went to BYU, and I'm not sure that they were Blair and Pac down at Provo. But I think you'd be surprised. I, I think that that I, I actually when I first saw that I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a ploy. <laughs> but then when I, I think that's probably He's a West Coast guy, right? probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joey McGuire, Texas Tech. Uh, let's go with like. Don't tell me. Cody Johnson. <laughs> George Strait. George Strait. All right. Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn down there in Florida. Let's let's stay with um Kenny Chesney. The Cars. No, that's a good band. The Cars for that, Gus Malzahn. That's an underrated good band. And then West Virginia's Neil Brown. Well, it, it has to be it's not John, John Denver. Denver. <laughs> not John Denver. It's not John well, Denver. Not the obvious. This is probably the most Johnny-come-lately act on this list. 
Uh, who is it? Zach Bryan. Okay. So that leaves the Oklahoma schools. Got a guess for Mike Gundy? Garth Brooks. Cross that Canadian w- ragweed. Those let's, would have been let's obvious. Go with the Stillwater guesses. Axe. How about Prince? All right. Prince. Clearly the best musical act on this list. Prince? Oh, no doubt. Well, that's another show we can do. No doubt. I don't know about that. Oklahoma's Brent Venables. I can only imagine. Is it what a- would be like the worst answer you could come up with? Taylor Swift. It's worse than that. <laughs> it's worse than Taylor Swift. By the way, apparently Wisconsin Badgers love Taylor Swift. There's a video of them in the locker room just singing Taylor Swift. That's got to get your blood boiling for some football. Brent Venable's favorite musical act. It's worse than Taylor Swift. Yes. Luke Bryan? I don't know. Who worse is, than that. Who is it? You got, we can... You're on the right track with Luke Bryan. So it's a country is it is it rascal flats kane brown yeah it's an interesting pick Does kane brown have some clemson ties and he met him one day or have something? you just have you just knocked two wins off your prediction <laughs> i don't know you know it, it makes sense though kane brown it makes sense why oklahoma's defensive line couldn't get any pressure to the quarterback whatsoever a year ago because they were blaring kane brown in the locker room no because they were counting one mississippi two mississippi three mississippi before they took off weak act that's a weak (laughs) joke that's a dad joke if i've ever heard one i honestly thought it would be worse than that how could it be worse than that there's worse facts out there There just mentioned a couple how about uh, dan and shay yeah. Well, give me Taylor Swift over Kane Brown all day long. There's worse. Dan and Shea is worse. We'll be back. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Big outs! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, handoff to Wynn. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. Skinny on sports. You can't say on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports and a move. Hanging out here on a Thursday, game week for high school football. There are some games today. Do you know who? Yeah, just a second, I'll tell you. Meanwhile, question that I asked at the first of the show, I have not got a correct answer yet on the text line, 225-9698. And that question is... Who 
was the top four in the very first ever college football playoff rankings. 2014. What? October of 2014? Yeah, something like that. Who was the top four in that initial college football not not the final play. four yeah not the not the not, not who was who, in the first playoff played it no who, who was, was in the very first the very first right. poll ever released who was the top four all right jared games tonight oh my gosh game of the week that's right i knew this i knew this was tonight bixby and owasso at the university of tulsa Got game of That's the week. a good one. That's game of the week potential right there. You've also got Putnam West and Western Heights, Union and Westmore. That's another really good game in 6A. We'll get a sneak peek at uh, one of the 4A1 district mates as John Marshall travels down to Lawton Mack. Roland and Muldrow, Pecola and Hevener, Tallahena is going to play the South uh, JV. And you got some other Kremlin Hillsdale, BNC, eight man games. So that's. Uh, Stars of the show by far is Bixby, Owasso, Tulsa Union, and Westmore this evening. Are they any later kickoffs like we're doing tomorrow? Or doesn't have times. Doesn't have times. Does not have times. Got our first guess into. Oh, we got a winner. Our first guess was Alabama, Clemson, LSU, and Ohio State. O for four. We have a winner. Did this person look this up or did they know? Went ahead and Googled it up. Nothing wrong with Googling it up. The answer to this question is unbelievable. Admittedly, I had to Google it up too. Oh, it's Cade. Oh. Google, of course. We got to save his number. We don't have his number saved. All right, so the answer is number one, Mississippi State. Quarterbacked by. None other than Dak Prescott. That's right. Number two was the defending national champions, Jameis Winston and the Florida State Seminoles. Those two were unbeaten. Number three was the team Florida State beat in the title, the last BCS title game, the Auburn Tigers. And number four, the Ole Miss Rebels. How crazy is that? Three SEC West teams, and neither of them were named LSU or Alabama. That's a little, that's nuts. Yeah, Mississippi State was hot that year, and they cooled off a little bit. I, I think when I think Mississippi State, Ole Miss and Mississippi State played a game that they were one and two, and like the AP or the coaches poll that Something year. Something like that. Yeah, that Mississippi State won, and out of those four, only one made the playoff. And the only reason that team made the playoff is because, A, they were undefeated, but even more than that, B, they were the defending champs because everybody knew Florida State wasn't any good. They were not one of the best four teams. Everybody knew it, but nobody had the guts to not put them there. And, of course, they just got shellacked by Oregon. That was also also the year that uh, Baylor and TCU – Got left out. Is that the year? For yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. And Ohio State ended up winning it all. 
yeah, again, it's it shows you, one, I think, you never know. I mean, parody more or less is alive in college football. Two, just kind of like preseason polls, I don't overreact to the first college football playoff poll in October because there's a lot of games we played. I don't overreact to that. I mean, just look at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild to go back and, and, yeah. and see who those teams were. <clears throat> and um, how dominant, dominant or how fortunate it is to be in the SEC. Because if LSU and Alabama's not there, by God, it'll be three others. <laughs> be somebody. <laughs> it'll be somebody there. You know, but that was back in that time where the East wasn't very good. Georgia was meh. Florida was on their down. They were down. Was life Tennessee wasn't any good. Tennessee was not. Kentucky was kind of in that early March was, Stoops time. I don't, I don't even know if he was on campus. Yeah, he's, surely he's been there like a decade, hadn't he? I think it was just like year seven. So he'd be right there be getting there. close. Yeah. So he just started or was about to start to rebuild them or get them to where they're at. You got any interest in the Tour Championship? I'll be honest, no. Um, my mind has been completely wrapped up with production. 2013. Coming up tomorrow. That's when he was hired? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I'm looking forward to um, finding a college football game to watch outside of the Notre Dame-Navy game. It's at like 1.30. It's going to be at its hottest during that time of the day. I'm just going to sit down and watch that. No, the the it has not really it's it's not moving the needle for me. How about you? You're more of a golfer than I am. Yeah, I mean, I'll tune in probably at some point and watch a little bit of it. Um It's just one of those uh, they they try to to make this a thing all year long with the FedEx Cup. Mhm. Mm and I think in the regulars, the, until you get to here, I think it works pretty well. Or even maybe even until you get to the playoffs, it works pretty well. But I, they've never really nailed down how to do the playoffs right. So now, going into this week, they, they basically give the players that were the best throughout the year strokes. So Scotty Scheffler starts out at 10 under par. Then it goes down to eight under with Victor Hovland, who was second on the list. Rory was third, so he's seven. I think John Rahm was fourth, he's sixth, and then somebody was fifth was five under. Whoever was fifth. Was it Wyndham Clark or anyhow. <clears throat> anyhow. But then you look at it so in all the the tournaments that uh that Scotty has played this year, and all the players that have played in those tournaments. Thousands of players. If you just add up the total fields each week that he's played, there's only been seven. Or I'm sorry, there's only been twelve guys all season long that have beaten Scotty Scheffler by seven shots in a single tournament. Twelve guys. Mm. So that's two thirds of a guy. Two thirds. Point six seven percent of the field that he's played all year long individually have beaten him by so, so you can essentially throw out 20 dudes 
So it's a 10-person tournament at best. So I don't know that this is the best way to do it either. Here's what I would do. If you want to have, I would go back to four weeks, have the top 125. That's just a number that's always been there, right? Yeah. It's been how you earn your card, da-da-da. I'd go with top 125, weight it however you want to weight it, and then the top 64 would get to the final, to the tour championship. So I guess I really would just, or maybe maybe you'd go 125 to 100 to 64. If you want to just do three weeks. And then that third week would be the top 64 and put them in a match play, one and done situation. I know why they won't, because they're scared to death that you'll end up with a horrible play, a horrible final right. for TV. I know yeah. why they won't, but to me, just do that. It'd be something different. I know they play the match play thing. But this would actually get you ready for the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks, which is match play. I would do something like that. Sure. To try to make it more appealing, a little bit different to the to the masses of golf. Yeah. I can see that. That's where I would go. But who knows? <laughs> Probably never going to happen. But, you know, it, I think the only way it gets interesting is if Scotty doesn't play his greatest and we end up with a – Scotty, Victor, Rom, McElroy fight, and, and who cares? It's it's for so much money that doesn't really appeal to me anymore. I mean, he's made twenty one million dollars. Yeah, already those guys have all made about fifteen. Okay, whatever they like, they need it, but it's just to watch them battle it out, right? Right. And and hopefully maybe that can maybe it evens it up enough, but I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see something different. Something just a little bit different to try to get people to watch. Yeah. Anyhow, all just, right. I think I'm just ready for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and maybe this whets your appetite for that because you don't yeah. get to see match play but once a year. Yeah. When we're back in here tomorrow, Jared, it's game day. That's correct. Lots to do in between now and then. Everybody have a wonderful Thursday. Stay cool out there. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.